Welcome to Keep It For The Pod, a podcast where three people you don't know talk about things you may or you may not care about. Welcome to the podcast. This is Ray. And I'm Maddie. And this is Alistair. Today we'll be talking about the Netflix and graphic novel Heartstopper. Just a reminder, so everybody knows, this is not spoiler free. We will be talking about it season one and season two. All right. So to get started, um, I know that um, just to give us a little bit about how everything got started, um, Ray is actually the one that got Alistair and I to listen to watch this uh, show. So Netflix, if you're offering anything, um, um, Ray is just a very dedicated fan and she's got a lot of people (laughs) to watch this show. Very dedicated. I actually took the day off of work for the second season and stayed up till 2 a.m. and binged the entire thing. Which might be sad because we've never really talked about age, but I'm a 30 plus year old woman and <laughs> this is a show about teenagers. So, but it yeah. relates to it, it, it transcends, it transcends age. It, it really does. And I think, um, I, I can't speak for Alistair, but I think I was really worried um, because of how much hype. And how much Ray was badgering us for months to, or not at least a month to watch it, that it wasn't going to live up to the hype that she was, you know, she had just put too much into it and there was no way it could live up. And I loved it. And I didn't expect to love it as much as I did for the first season. Um, And I was very excited for the second season. And I know Alistair has his own opinions about it and I'll let him share. Yeah, that was 100% my fear too. Like I was really afraid I wasn't going to like it like that. Like Ray hyped it up so much. And I'm just like, oh, what if I don't like this? And then by the end of episode one, I'm like, oh, I'm all in. And like the emotions and the feelings this show gave me, I was like, oh, this is, I will get into it. It's just, it's, it's great. It's great. This is my go-to happy show. So this and New Girl is what I watch when I want something in the background to make me slightly happy. So. Aww. And I think it does a very good job at, at doing that. I think, I mean, not to say that other shows aren't, teenage shows aren't, you know, aren't part of like a, of a teenage experience and that, you know, some kids don't identify with them. But I think this show more than other ones that I had seen contemporary felt like it could have happened at like high schools around where I was. You know, it felt like the parents were like involved, but the kids still kind of had their own lives. And it really felt like the things that were happening were very serious. I mean, there's, you know, there's an eating disorder in season two, there's bullying, um, you know, there's, there's, you know, tri- identity crisis, trying to figure out who you are and coming to terms with either coming out or not coming out your own identity. And so a lot of really big topics, but it felt like big topics that seemed to me to make sense in the high school setting. Yes, very much that. And like, I feel like a lot of teen shows or teen dramas tend to be a little bit hypersexual, too, too adult, very hypersexualized. The drama is like very over the top. And like, I know they're probably trying to go for like that because they're teenagers. Everything feels like the end of the world, but it's too much. And Heartstopper, it matches that perfectly. Like the drama isn't like that great of a scale to us as adults, but we can put ourselves in the shoes of a 16 year old and be like, oh, this must be the end of the world to them. But like the drama is like very like maintained to the age group. It's, it's, it's like very age specific and i appreciate that about season one and season two 
totally agree on that because when I watch the television show Euphoria, I don't want to diss on it too much, but like one watching that show, I was not that attractive in high school. Like, I'm sorry, but they're all 20 plus people. Like, I'm we had acne. We all had acne. They they do not look that way, and like. I was not out partying. I was super lame. Maybe that was some people's like high school experience, but my high school experience was me and my friends going to go to a restaurant and like ordering lunch on our own and being like, oh, we're so cool. Or let's go to the movies or the mall. Not we're going to rave. So Heartstopper definitely felt more appropriate, even though I will say that scene at the bonfire, I was a little like, okay, Heartstopper, don't try to be like Euphoria here. Who who is doing that? Like, no. Wait, you've never done that as a teenager? Gone to a giant bar, bo- uh, bonfire, like with fifty plus people? No, I was extremely yes. lame. Oh my god! Like I would do that like every end of summer. Like we would go down to Lakeshore, maybe probably like North Avenue Beach. I'm a Chicago boy, and like we would like do a bonfire. Like after like when the summer was over, we'd go down like like nine ten o'clock. We weren't supposed to be there. The beach was shut down. And we would light a bonfire and like I wouldn't drink because I would I didn't want to be a, a stupid like, you know, statistic because like I didn't want to be underage drinking. But like it was there was drinking, there was making out like that kind of stuff does happen, but not to the degree that like a lot of these shows tend to do. But like bonfires with a bunch of teenagers and alcohol is definitely a thing. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone, you know, I think obviously it's probably just fair that, you know, we had everyone had different, you know, high school experiences. True. But And I do think that, you know, Euphoria is probably representative of certain people's or like, you know, you know, turbulent home lives or like, you know, having to grow up a little bit faster, like being around a lot of, you know, drugs and you know, alcohol and partying and stuff like that. And I think that is probably true. I just feel like that's how a lot of the high school shows are representative. Yes. And there is another high school experience. Um, Other than that. That I think Heartstopper really does a good job of kind of, showing without making it seem like everything's perfect and everything's great and people don't deal with you know mental health issues or bullying or any of that um and you know and i liked that in season two you got to see a little bit more of their families too Mm -hmm. um like you got to see it a little bit in season one like i loved charlie's dad um and you got to see like how he was in season one and how he was checking up on him but i think in season two you got to see a little bit more of like family dynamics and like how how much those are so important in high school because you really can't avoid them you know you can't you're not an adult yet. You kind of are forced to deal with all of that. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I also really enjoyed in season one how much, and this is just a, on a personal tip, like how much it made me reconcile my childhood and my teenage years and like helped me to confront some of the stuff I think as like as a like as a gay man and then as a gay youth, like I like never like approached before. Like, I can only imagine what this show is doing for, like, actual gay youths now if it's, like, helping me, like, relive and, like, come to terms with some of that trauma as a kid. Like, ugh, like, the praise, I cannot sing the praises of season one enough. It it was just so good. So we're going to be talking about season two season. in a moment because I think that's where we're going to run into some issues. But really quick, want to give it up for Olivia Coleman. Yes. Love her respect queen. She was everything this season everything like if we're going with a whole barbie ken thing she's barbie (laughs) i haven't seen that movie but i kind of get the reference and i have to say as someone that's like you know possibly may have kids in the future i have to say that i hope that if my kids end up in any kind of identity crisis similar to nick that i react the way that olivia coleman reacted i think that Mm. that scene where nick is able to come out to his mom is so beautiful um and sweet and is 
and not that everyone should have to come out because obviously we should live in a world where people don't have to come out. That is definitely true. Um, but since we live in a world where people still do feel that obligation, if, if my kid felt obligated to come out to me, I hope that it goes as well as that goes, because I think that that's sadly from everything I hear from people, not everyone's experience. And obviously even in the show is not everyone's experience. And so mm-hmm. I think it's just um, so important. And so great of Olivia Coleman to really like play that well um, and give parents something to aspire to be. Yeah. Love her. Respect. Okay, let's get to it. Let's start some... I, this is where you're going to have some conflict with uh, Alistair and I are not going to be agreeing on some things. Just to remind audience, we are all friends here. We love each we're other. We're going to disagree here. So <laughs> let's get started. Go for it, Alistair. Okay, I'm going to start with initial reactions to it. Overall, I'm going to say season one was better um i feel like some characters kind of regressed um some characters kind of got the short end of the stick in terms of like how they developed um like not too deep into it yet but i had no idea that charlie had a mom like one of my notes in episode one is literally charlie has a mom like eight question marks like they barely talked about her i thought maybe she died or they got divorced so that was that was interesting i love what like how she became like like what she became in terms of like the story and like the narrative um but overall i really liked how the season focused on everyone else uh, like more so than charlie and nick like i really loved um um l and tau they were great um i really loved seeing like their dynamic you know, flourish, uh, the other cast members too. Like I really love seeing like their love stories and like who they are, um, grow as people. It was really great. Um, but I do have very specific, um, issues that I want to get into once we get to characters, but overall initial reaction, not as great as season one, uh, but still very, a very enjoyable watch and a very like emotional experience. Okay. This is our first disagreement. I liked season two better. Interesting. I thought it was fun. I already kind of knew the characters. Um, I have read the graphic novels. Alistair has not. So aware of Charlie's mom and their dynamic, which actually don't want to spoil too much. They go further into with the books and actually into the next one as well. Okay. So they have a very different relationship, I think, compared to like Nick's mom and Nick and even between Charlie and Charlie's dad. So Okay. It is interesting, and I think it's great, though, that you do see the, di- the different type of parenting because not all parents are best friends with their kids, mm-hmm. and I think that's something they kind of show, like, oh, Nick can really go to his mom, and, like, they have this great rela- relationship, and they're just deep on that level, which they do mention Nick's dad, and Nick's dad and him have no relationship. But it's great to see, like, okay, you do kind of have that standard parent that's like, no, you got to do your homework. Like, no, no, I don't care that, like, you're having your teen romance. Like, that's a real thing. Your, your parents aren't always going to be like, go be you. They're, sometimes they're going to be like, do your homework and sit down. Yeah. And I, I think they did a very good job of making his mom, like, not perfect. Like, the comment she makes about, you know, not expecting Nick to be gay or bi. Um, and like that part is like, you know, obviously has some like internalized, you know, homophobia in it, but like, you can tell that she's not meaning to be like unsupportive and that like, it doesn't seem like they're unsupportive of Charlie being gay, but she's also like, I don't, you, you don't get to just hang out with your boyfriend all the time. Like your coursework slipping and like, you're going to have to not see him. And there's consequences if you don't do this. And like, that sucks. And that's just 
but I'm your mom and like, you're just going to do that. And like, his dad comes for it with a little more of a compassion. Like, well, maybe you can just see him less. And like, his mom's like, no, like you got to get this done. And so I, I, I think that like, she's not, I could see where Nick, where, where like Charlie and Nick and like having her as a mom, you'd be like really mad. But I think that they do a good job of making her strict without making her just seem like so cold that like, she doesn't care about her kid. Um, okay. Oh no, go ahead. Finish. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I, I had this in my notes. Cause like, I kind of didn't like how they made her the main disciplinarian like it seemed like the father was like very like passive and like not really engaged with like discipline like like you know giving charlie like punishment and like it all fell on the mom which i thought was like really unfair like they made her look like she was like being unreasonable towards the end and like the dad never really had much to say which is really weird given the fact that like the mom wasn't in season one at all and like she just comes in and she comes in like really hard really strong and like is like putting her foot down which she should be but like they should be on the same page and it seemed like they weren't and like they didn't go into it enough so it just came across as if as if she was being unreasonable which i did not appreciate i'm like why is she the only one like telling charlie like he needs to focus on schoolwork it was it was kind of it was, it was kind of it was kind of a weird dynamic for me with with his parents I feel like it's a very common thing in TV shows. So let's be honest. There's very much always the one parent who's super strict and the yeah. fun parent. Like, look at Modern Family, Claire and Phil. True. Perfect example. So I wasn't surprised by that at all. It is it is nice, though, to once and see that sometimes the woman can be the disciplinarian. I feel like a lot of times they're like, oh, no. Like, she's like, everybody should be compassionate towards their kids and understanding, mm-hmm. first of all. But it is nice to see that, okay, maybe she's the one that takes charge for a change instead of it always being the dad. Okay, I, I see that. I think where my issue with it is, and, and like you use Martin Family, unlike Claire, who's there from the beginning, and like you understand who she is as a character, I don't know Charlie's mom. I didn't see her at all in season one, like not even once. And so like for her to just like come in and like be like this, you know, foot down disciplinarian, it just felt weird because i was like girl who are you like why are you here telling charlie what to do it just i didn't like it took a while for me to feel like that oh this is his mom and like i'm used to her as a character so like it was just like an odd choice narratively to have her be so so um so forceful and like i and I, and like i don't have a problem with it like and like i think you're right like like you have that dynamic with parents it was just weird not seeing her and then all of a sudden she's here setting all these rules it just felt yeah. weird i I, I just think that, yeah, I agree with you that, that like, it was kind of a weird narrative choice. I guess, to be fair, Dad's, uh, Charlie's dad's not in season one that much. Like, he takes him to, like, the, yeah. you know, he's, like, more just picking him up and stuff. But they kind of do season one without a lot of his parents in general. And I think mm-hmm. we're just supposed to understand that, like, or try to, like, you know, like, just believe that this dynamic was happening even though we didn't see it in the show. That, like, because, like, they talk about, like, they're going to their grandma's house. And, like, the mom's mentioned a couple of times, like, very briefly. Yeah. Um, but, like, I think it's just that. And I did like that at the end she is kind of, like, you know, I like, I think Nick really yeah, I like does him. care and yeah. like we should have him over. As you can tell, she's like, now that it's summer and like, you know, she's kind of like, it really kind of ends up being about the coursework. It's not like, yeah, anything for else. sure. And I do also want to just say, because I never said it in the mirror, I actually like season one and two pretty much about equally. Interesting. Um, okay. So a little bit different um, uh, take on it. I think it was cool to see the other um, characters, um, but I kind of feel like kind of grow a little bit more when season two, which I really liked. But I don't know. There was also something I felt like the story was very like, singularly driven in season one and that was also something i really appreciated from a story point too so i think they both just offer different things okay i was just about to ask you what your opinion was so i'm very glad that you went ahead and did it um i think yes i agree i think 
what we kind of forget though it is like the graphic novel and in the graphic novels it's definitely told through their perspective a lot more so i think that also has to do with why we're maybe not seeing charlie's mom as much in the show because Mm. they don't really they do dig into her character like definitely later on in the books but it is supposed to be told through their perspective so you're not always thinking about like what do your parents think about this true like a lot That's of the fair. times in the graphic novels, like it's told through like their diary or their journal or like, Oh, know, okay. In, I didn't in know addition, that. In addition to also like parts of it that are told, like just through a graphic novel, but there's some of it like that too. So some of the time, some of the character dynamics you get from his parents are like him talking about them versus like seeing them in the, in the book. But um, now that we've kind of discussed like initial um, thoughts, obviously, um, you know, Ray and Alistair both have very different opinions in season one. And I'm, I'm giving my very, um, Miss America answer of liking both of them differently. <laughs> um, but I wanted to I wanted to ask, I guess, what what do you think? I guess Alistair, because you had mentioned it, what characters were you disappointed in? Who did you think regressed? Nick. Nick for sure. And I'm gonna say this now. Nick is full of shit. I don't like Nick as a character. I don't like Nick and Charlie together. Charlie deserves better. I think Nick has a lot more growing to do, as does Charlie. Um I, I, I'm just trying to picture this relationship in like real time, real life. They're not going to work out by the, by the time they're graduate, they graduate, they're going to be two completely different people. And I don't want to see my Charlie hurt. Like, and Nick's going to hurt Charlie. I said this uh, as one of my notes, uh, when I first started watching episode one, I thought Nick was out by the end of, of season one, but apparently he wasn't. Like, I remember him grabbing his hand in front of everyone at that at that game, like, you know, racing off with him into the school and they make out. And I'm just like, oh, okay, everyone knows, everyone gets it. And like, there, there's even a, a scene, a, a, a shot of Imogen in the end of season one where like she sees Nick grabs his hand. And I thought she had like an aha moment where like, oh, they're, they're together. But in season two, like he has to come out to her. And I'm like, what, what's happening? And like, I thought he understood what Ben did to Charlie and how he made him feel. But Nick was doing the exact same thing. And like, I just feel like the show just like puts it in this way where like, because Nick isn't as like um, mentally or emotionally abusive as Ben, like it's okay. And I never got that. And like, there's this exact scene where like, Ben and Nick are together. I won't get too far ahead. Where like they have like kind of like you know a discussion with each other, and Ben basically calls him out. He's like, I don't know what Charlie sees in you. Like, I had some shit that I was trying to figure out, and like I'm a messed up person. And you come along, and I never got a chance. And you think you're better than me, and you're not. And I was like, yes, like you guys are the exact same person almost. So like I think, I think Nick regresses because like I thought by the end of season one, like oh like he's okay with himself. They're coming out, yada yada yada, and then like we have to go through the same arc almost the entire season two again. I'm like, Oh, this is so irritating. My face right now is furious, Alistair. And I'm going to take my time. Now. It should be. We'll talk about it. You, no, should no, be no. Ma- you should be mad. You should be mad at Nick. my time. Alistair. Go ahead. Go ahead. I go will off. say that in our text messages, I was talking, we were talking about planning this episode. And I said that I could watching the episode. I watched it from both their perspectives. I knew they were going to be beefing about this. And I said that, I said that I thought that Alistair would be seething, that he was seething, and his response was seething in all caps. And so I definitely think this is going to get a little heated, but I'm going to give the floor back to Ray. Go ahead. Once again, we are all friends. Mm-hmm. Disagree. First of all, 
it's two months that they're dating. He's a like 16 year old child. Okay. It takes time to get comfortable. And that's even for bad. It takes time to get comfortable to be who you are. We need to give people time. Also, Ben assaults Charlie once again. Love how that gets brought up in the first episode. I feel like that gets very ignored. You need, even if you're hurting, it does not give you the right to assault someone. Also, mm-hmm. this is a whole thing of the you're talking about, okay, him having to come out. My question and something why is there, I think, if you, however you choose to come out is how you choose to come out. You shouldn't Agreed. have to necessarily make a big deal out of it. You shouldn't have to be like, oh, I have to tell everybody in my life. If you want to do that, that's fine. But that's also the whole assumption that you have to be that, oh, if you're not like, oh, I'm going to go tell everybody that you're straight. That's a whole thing that really pisses me off mm-hmm. that everybody just assumes that people are straight. That's not a thing. Don't make that assumption. And because, okay, like we see Nick and Charlie, like you should be able to like live your life. And maybe they make the kids at the school make their assumption that they're dating. One, you shouldn't necessarily make assumptions about everybody. But two, it's like if they're comfortable living how they want to live, like give them a break. Like they're children and it takes adults years to come out and be comfortable with who they are. So take your time. Be who you want to be. Don't feel the need to necessarily like, oh, I have to tell everybody or, you know, I'm not gay enough or not like you know, out and proud enough, like you're an individual and however you want to choose to live your life, as long as you're not hurting someone else, that's the important thing. If you want to be, oh, have a giant party and come out, if you only want to tell your close family and friends, because why does someone else, why is it anybody's business necessarily who you date and who you find attractive? Like, I not. I agree. But here's the thing. And like you said, two key things here. You said, one, be who you want to be as long as you're not hurting anyone else and come out in your own time, which I actively think Nick not coming out is actively hurting Charlie. And we know this as the audience, like like in, in real time as the characters, we see this. Nick is actively hurting Ben. I mean, uh, Nick is actively hurting uh, Charlie. Two, they're 16 and it does take time to figure out yourself most adults don't do that so that goes to my point they shouldn't be together because no one should like charlie shouldn't be putting pressure on nick to come out and as a couple because like if he's not ready he's not ready but because charlie is out and he has gotten to a place where he's comfortable with himself he's in a completely different place than nick is and i think i think charlie should be like looking for someone else trying to date someone else or just be alone. He doesn't have to date anyone. So like just as a concept of these two together, it just it just breeds chaos and they're not good for each other. I think Nick is incredibly selfish. I think Charlie is incredibly like um codependent on other people and that just breeds the kind of like um trauma that like 16, 17-year-olds do not need to be going through. I what I think makes Nick a bad person is because he's a he's emotionally mature and mentally mature enough to understand what he's doing is wrong and that it's hurting Charlie, but he doesn't stop. That's where I have the problem with him. And that's why I don't like him as a character. He's like my least favorite character. I think he's a bad person. I think he's I think he's as bad as um, Ben when he assaulted Charlie. I think they're on equal playing field, at least at the end of season two. 
uh, Ben tried to apologize. And I, I 100% loved uh, Charlie's response. Just because you understand what you did to me was wrong does not mean I have to forgive you. And like, I think that was the most character growth that Ben should get and will, will probably get. I haven't read the, the books, the graphic novel, so I don't know if he comes back, if he's gone forever. But like, if it just ends there, I'd be happy with that. Because uh, Ben's growth needs to be off screen, has nothing to do with Charlie. He needs to forgive himself, become a better person, and Charlie owes him nothing. He doesn't have to forgive him. He doesn't have to see him again. But the way the show tries to portray Nick as if he's like this altruistic character who like really cares about Charlie, really loves him, wants to be with him, I think is complete and utter bullshit. I hate him. I really disagree with that. Um, And the reason why I think I disagree with it is is the intention. So like basically when Ben isn't able to come out, the way he deals with it, one, is he refuses to acknowledge Charlie in public. He calls him mean names. He talks about how disgusting he is. He talks or how much like no one would want to be with him. He's the best he's ever going to get. Whereas Nick always tells Charlie that this is his issue coming out. Charlie always knows like from Nick that it's not it has nothing to do with him that Nick's just not ready to tell people and Nick tells people gradually Ben has never told anyone Ben tells his mom by the end of season or Charlie tells or no Nick tells his mom by the end of season one he tells Imogene early in season two all of their friends know he tells Tara pretty much in like even before he tells his mom he's telling people at his own pace and actually towards the end of season two I get the impression watching it and to be fair like I didn't have to come out like this isn't my experience. So like, I don't want to, you know, put things, but just talking about our relationship as someone with anxieties, I, I think I see in Charlie that actually Charlie seems kind of nervous for people to know. He's worried that the bullying is going to come back. He's not eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Char- Nick actually starts to worry. It seems like in the show that actually them being public is actually going to hurt Charlie. Like when he's talking to Tao at the end of season two, and he makes that comment about how like, you know, the bullying was hard and stuff. And he's like, I just, and Tao asks, he's like, Charlie must be so happy about your Instagram post. And he's like, in some ways, yes. But it, it seems like a lot of the bullying hasn't left him yet. And like when they're at prom and we're going to go to prom and he's like, do you, are you sure you want to, or like, should we go? I think he's worried that Charlie being around all these people is going to be bad for him. That like, they don't, mm-hmm. and Charlie ends up deciding he doesn't want that. He doesn't want to have to be like out in front of everyone. So I do think that like, obviously I think Nick is taking a long time. And I think that like, there are nuances to it. And like Charlie immediately blames himself for whatever is going on with other people. But I think Nick usually tries to a really good job as much as he can as a 16 year old grappling with his own stuff to try to reassure Charlie. And I'm not saying he's perfect. He does things that are shitty, but like try to make Charlie feel like he's okay. Like when his brother comes in and says, Hey, this is the guy that turned my, I just want to meet the boy that turned my brother gay. And his response when he's, when Charlie's like, this is my fault. I shouldn't do anything. He like, like voice messages him and says like, this is not your fault. Like, do not like my brother's a prick, like whatever. And I'm like, as someone with a lot of anxiety, you need a lot of reassurance of like over and over again sometimes. And like having the voice message, like hearing it, sometimes you you can't, you don't know what people are thinking unless you hear it in their voice. And the yeah. fact that like Nick responds that way, I felt like it was good. Also talking about the coming out part, I think Imogene might've already known. It's just that they never talk about it. She kind of seems like in season, reading of season two, like she's trying to get him to say it when she's like, I fancy someone else. Like, do you, would you let me know if you fancied someone? And he doesn't. And then when she does, he does come out to her. She already knew. So I think she does know at the end of season one, but like Nick's not sure. And so he still feels that need. Which I think is great because it's the whole thing of letting people tell you in their own time. I agree that I Charlie suffers from a lot of anxiety. They talk more about this in the graphic novel. And the, the important thing is like, I believe that Nick is trying to be there for him, trying to be the best he can. But at the end of the day, Charlie, I love him. 
love his hair. He's like the most adorable like little child ever. Charlie needs to talk to someone. He needs to talk to an adult, probably a therapist, because bullying is a serious thing, and he hasn't dealt with that. Mm-hmm. And he can't rely, and it's the whole thing, you can't rely on one person to be your everything, to be there for you. You need to take control of yourself. And he needs to talk to someone about, like, what he's going through. Like, the whole thing with the eating disorder, like, even Nick packing the croissant, that's really sweet of him and great. But Nick is not the one who should be like, oh, I'm going to be the one, like, monitoring this for you. It's like, no, Charlie needs to talk to a professional and get, like, real help. This yeah. is not something that kids can solve on their own. Once again, this is going to sound kind of like a PSA, but if you have trouble, if you're struggling from something, get help. Don't, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, 100%. Oh. And like, I'll go ahead. I was gonna say, also, I feel like it's hard because it's like, it's not really Nick's place to tell an adult, but he's trying, I think he's trying to mitigate as much as possible to getting Charlie to tell someone himself. Um, but it is hard and it's not something you should do. Also, I think that Ben does show some growth in like wanting to apologize, but I also think that the fact that he keeps badgering him to apologize also still shows like an act of like not really understanding Charlie's own agency. Like Charlie's making a decision and not wanting to talk to you to begin with. Um, and I think Charlie comments on that and I think that's good. So I just want to say that too, that like just because you've wronged someone and you're feeling sorry doesn't necessarily mean that they owe you the ability to even listen to your apology. 100%. And like, I think, I think that's why that's probably like my favorite scene in the entire series so far, because it shows Ben actively trying to make steps to be better while at the same time being like not, and like not even knowing being stuck in the same pattern that he, that he was when he was abusing Charlie. He doesn't know what he's doing is wrong, even as he's trying. Like he knew what he was doing was wrong before, but like when he's trying to apologize, like he like he can't even recognize the pattern because he's so messed up. And I I love how Charlie recognizes his self worth in that moment. Like, listen, like I get it. You're sorry, but you're still doing what you were doing before, and I don't want to talk to you. And you're still badgering me. Like, leave me alone. Like that scene was just everything about that was just perfect, and. I just wish there was there was like the same level of like self-awareness with Charlie for Nick. And I feel like Charlie is just so in love with Nick because like at it, at at his core Nick is a good person. I don't think he's actively trying to harm Charlie the way Ben was when he was like ignoring him, pretending like he didn't know him, you know, in public like all that stuff is true. But I just wish that like because Charlie has been through this he can recognize that like there are some similarities between the two of them. And I feel like the show doesn't want us to believe that Charlie believes that, which I think he would and he should. Because like there are similarities and even like um even if it's like not um on purpose, Nick is actively harming Charlie and like putting him through some of the same paces that Ben did. And like that's what I don't like. And it's not all on Nick. Like Charlie has issues, like you said, Ray, like Charlie has issues and he needs a therapist. He needs to talk to someone, but instead he's putting all of his like bat, like eggs in the basket of Nick. And that's not fair to Nick. Cause like, he shouldn't have to um, be Charlie's therapist and like, know that he's cutting, that he cut himself and like, you know, like trying to keep track of if, if he's eating or not. Like, like you said, they're both 16. Like that's not fair to Nick. And like what I hope doesn't happen. Cause I haven't read the graphic novels is like, they stay together because like there's no way this relationship works out like it shouldn't they're 16 like they both have a lot on their plates like charlie is very messed up and like if it all is like all like you know candies and rainbows at the end i'm not gonna like that because like 
like Charlie needs a lot of like growth on his part and like yeah it's gonna like it, it would it will piss me off if they end up together forever so spoilers but let's just say i get my happy ending and you might not get yours but damn there is a compromise that let's just say maybe someone does listen to what i'm saying and get some help and work on some of their own issues okay okay and then this is going to surprise you Alistair, but I actually really love that scene with Ben as well because I think it's very important that yes, he apologizes, but I agree wholeheartedly that like that doesn't mean you have to accept it. Mm-hmm. And I I love that scene. That was a great scene. I'm gonna change the topic a little bit because okay. we've talked about this a lot. We have different opinions, but two things. First, I think we all kind of agree, like what is going on with this chaperoning during this trip? Because Oh my god. Oh. Oh, can I go first, please? Yes, of course. Okay. First of all, I forget his name, but the teacher that um, Charlie confides in, what what is his name? Oh, I was going to say I know the other teacher's name. I don't remember the one he confides in. Yeah, I know Farouk. Farouk's I love I love Farouk. Farouk is great. Like I have quiet in all caps written in, written in every episode that he shows up in. He's great. I love him. The the other chaperone, a super unprofessional, extremely unprofessional. They like they both were at certain parts, but him. Hey, Alistair. Yeah. Farouk is the one that's uh, kind of yells at this the the te- the kids. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I know him. Like I love him. Like like that's why I have quiet in every line because like he's the one who goes quiet like every every episode he's in. Like I love him. Um, it's the other chaperone that we that we met last season who was like really close to Charlie. Who um, I don't art like. teacher, Mister Ajayi. Aju. Yes, that's okay. that's that's the other teacher. Okay, I he he is very pushy with Farouk, and I don't like it. Um, it it kind of it's kind of giving me like pick me energy, and like he's I'm not sure if he knew he was gay or he was like fishing, but it came off very creepy, and it, it like I felt like Farouk was very uncomfortable probably didn't want to be outed if he wasn't out and also it's extremely unprofessional you work together and you're and you're on a trip together in paris like it was very weird it gave me creepy vibes the entire time they were on screen together nothing about their relationship felt like natural it all felt forced and it was just like very uncomfortable and like all these shenanigans are going around them with these kids and like there's and like aju is like so focused on farouk that like he can't even see what's happening with his students and and like that scene where like Imogen gets like, not Imogen um oh God I forgot her name but like she gets really drunk at Darcy. the bir- Darcy she gets really drunk at the birthday party and like they're just like well uh, I'm just gonna assume you have food poison I'm like she is clearly drunk she is sick do not let her go back to her her hotel room like what are you doing I was so upset with all of that that happened I hated it. If there were Catholic nuns as chaperone, would have been a lot stricter. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> where were you guys? Like, kids are getting drunk. Kids are running off in Paris all over the place. Like, come on. Like, I've been on trips in high school, and, like, yes, our chaperones could have been better. But, like, we weren't allowed to run around, like, all over. And then if we were, like, you Is were a- in a place where you could not get far. Is it a UK thing? Because like they they presented it as if it was normal. So is it like a, just like a cultural thing where like we just like as Americans we're just like yeah can't relate. 
I don't know. I mean, like, we had school trips where, like, I remember I was, like, it wasn't through my school, but, like, I had trips in high school where, like, we were able to explore, like, a certain area for, a, you know, a bit of time on our own and just had to, like, be back. Um, But I was going to say also, I kind of found it interesting that, like, so Darcy and Tara, Tara are pretty out. Um, And, like, no, there's no regulations on sharing rooms with your significant other. At all. Um, which I felt, like, still would have been an issue. Like, it should, like... I like I, I like the point where like when Charlie's mom tells Charlie that like Nick can't sleep over anymore and he's all like what I'm like I get it a little bit you wouldn't let if Charlie was straight you wouldn't let his yeah. girlfriend sleep over so yeah. like I get that that's like not great but I'm like actually I feel like that's being really equitable about it and being like no a significant other can't sleep we don't want you having sex under our roof um yeah but I was like sorry that part I felt like was weird and then also I just felt like their chaperoning i just i felt like it was like why do we need another relationship like i get I, 100 you know, I'm all seeing you know relationships and i guess like you're supposed to kind of see that like i guess mr farouk didn't really get to have the out experience like didn't know he's gay and didn't get to have that as like a child or like as a, a teenager but i'm just like still i just feel like i'm a little bit like isaac and in, in a little bit I'm like why does everyone have to be together and i felt like isaac's so alone in that and like you know he's still discovering his asexuality but i was like i just felt like it was like okay another another person that can't relate to isaac because another budding relationship is happening also there's a time and place i'm all for people finding love and all that but like your main job is to watch these children they are getting drunk nick goes and sees his dad Right after Charlie faints with Charlie, no one goes, oh, maybe this kid, like, shouldn't be on his own if he just, like, passed out in the middle of a museum. And then, okay, the whole thing where Imogen basically, like, yells at Ben during that dinner, too, like, yes, I get it. Like, I I cannot say I blame her, but, like, not appropriate. And, like, they don't really, like, say anything like, hey, guys, maybe we shouldn't be yelling like this. Like, letting the kids, like, go off on each other. like probably not the best and i do love mr farouk's love of croissants as i also love croissants i just want to put that out there but like if i found out like my teachers like kids were like i don't have kids but like making googly eyes at each other instead of like watching them I'd be pretty pissed there is a, there have you guys it's like have you seen the movie taken with liam neeson I will say the one good thing that they do is that when Farouk says that he wants an alcohol, um, the other teacher is like, I don't think we can do that on the trip. And he's like, okay, then I need a croissant. Like, at least I guess they're not drinking on top of everything else. Um, but all right, another topic that I feel like we were talking about is some of the other relationships that happen in the show, um, like Tao and Elle and Tara and Darcy. Um, Alistair, I know in season one you had a lot of problems with with um with Tao and Elle's or not with not with Tao and Elle with Tao's um character and how he was acting. How did you feel about how their relationship works? Okay, so I enjoyed Tao a lot more this season. He is he's more well rounded, I think. He um he's a lot he has more a better haircut. Better haircut. Oh, that transformation was, I loved it. It was everything. I'm like, um, everybody needs to begin makeovers. Like, I, I love know. a good makeover montage, and he got it. And I was like, yes. Yeah, it was great. And like, I also loved how uh, tempered, tempered is the word I'm looking for. He was a lot more tempered, a lot more realistic in his reactions to change, which I felt like 
was a big character growth moment. Like I think Tao is the character that like I would call the MVP. Like he grew the most this season. And um I was here for him when whenever he felt like, you know, people were like leaving him behind and we got like backstory about why he feels that way. And like him and L just makes so much sense. I love when they actually went on their first date and it was disastrous. I was like, oh, this is this hits so close to home. This is so true. This is so right. Like as someone who tried to, you know, go on a date with their best friend and tried to get their best friend to like them, this is what happens. Like it doesn't go as you plan. Like even if you do have feelings for each other, it's gonna be disastrous. Cause like that the relationship is so like it like you're so interconnected with each other and you think you know each other. And when you try to take it to a new level, it just like falls apart. But then like once you like, you know, give like some room to like, you know, figure things out, it can work out if you want it to. And like, I love the way it ended with them. And like, it's kind of up in the air if they're going to be together once she goes away to the art school. Um, but the two of them were my favorite. Um, I have in my notes almost every episode I see her, L is she's giving me like 80s Whitney Houston. And like, I just love her fashion. I love her approach to things like i like i like how she was like kind of giving tao shit when she was like why are you doing this why are you cutting your hair this way why are you dressing this way why did you pick this movie i know you hate this stuff like you promised me like things wouldn't change if anything ever happened but here you are changing things and like it was in a very realistic way and like i felt like she was like kind of in the right she's like why are you doing like like you're making me feel bad for like going on this date with you I love their relationship. I love everything about it. It was like the most realistic thing in the show to me this season. It was great. So first of all, still glad that Tao got that haircut. It was bad. Also, oh, yeah. this is very random, but I was very jealous of their snacks. Like the amount of popcorn that they had like in that thing. I was just like, they're both skin those. They're both very skinny though. And I'm like, you're not eating that popcorn. But I was just like, oh man, I could go for that right now. Oh like, my God. Oh God. That I have it my delicious. No- Sorry, I have in my notes. I was like, uh, bullet point number three is like, why are the popcorn boxes so big? They were ridiculously huge. I what the like hell? It, I felt like it was just Tao being so nervous that he like got them the biggest popcorn and he's trying to do everything right. But he's, <laughs> you just call him this day. he's trying to do everything to make this so perfect that he stops being himself. And then I was like, WTF? Like, what the fuck? Like, why are you doing that? Like, I like you. I do wish she kind of would have told him a little bit more right away that like she didn't like that. Because mm-hmm. I did feel like Tao felt very sad. And I'm like, you guys just need to talk to each other. And they do. And that's something that I do love about the relationship is they do talk to each other. They figure it out. And it's great that they show those bumps. And I, I'm still going with those popcorn sizes. They looked fantastic to me. They did. And I, I mean, will- like, I'll oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was going to change the subject, but go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say, and I, I agree with you about Tao's being the MVP. And I really like, I, I like that, like, I can see where, like, him being upset in the beginning with Al like making new friends and stuff and like mm-hmm. going to like Lambert and stuff. Like obviously he's acting a little bit petty and like insecure, but like I it seems so valid to me in high school, especially when you find out about what happened with his dad. But I yeah. do like that towards the end, like cause she lies, she won't tell him. She lies to him about that she already got in, which was like not great on her part, but I understand why she did it because they were about to go to this thing and she they were just finally things were good with them again. Um but I like that when he finds out he's you know, like, okay. And then she's like, well, what? And he's like, well, I'm going to want to be with you neither way, either way. And then at prom, when she says like, I want to go to Lambert and he's just like, I know. Yeah. Because he just knows she's going to go. And he always yeah. knew that. And he's just like, I just want to be around. But like, obviously she has to be able to do what she's going to do. And I feel like um, the Tao of season one would have acted a lot 
more hurt about it and would have felt like he was a, she was abandoning him and would have blamed her and been a lot more angry than than the Tao of season two. And I thought that was really special. Yeah, one hundred percent. Tao is like Tao is quickly becoming my favorite character. Um, Charlie's still my favorite, but he he really won me over this. I did not like him that much last season. He really won me over this season. Just like the level of like maturity that he gained. And like, he really put someone else's needs above his own. And like in the most subtle, respectful way you could ever imagine. Like he didn't make a big big deal about it. He just like, he understood like this person that I care about really wants this and I'm not gonna stand in their way. And it was so subtle and so powerful at the same time. It was like, oh, great. Um, but that kind of leads me into the topic I want to talk about was Elle and the art school and these random group of misfits, I'm going to call them, that like are her new friends. I'm just like, who the hell are these people? Um, I understand that representation matters. I get that. And I understand that people of certain groups tend to like, you know, flock together. But as someone who is gay, who doesn't have a a, a group of like gay friends or you know lgbtq plus friends i find it very annoying um when like people just tend to fall into groups because like the friends that i have and like the groups that i see my other friends in they all tend to be very eclectic and like tend to have different differing opinions you know different statuses very whether it's like you know socially or economically and i really hate when shows portray like well because they're gay of course they hang out with other gay people and because they're trans of course all their other friends are trans it was very weird to me i was like why is every everyone she's hanging out with also trans like i get it was like a queer um you know sash trans was it an art school or was it just like an art school that did like a queer trans art themed night i was very confused by that i think it was just an art themed night to be honest um first of all you do have at least one lgbtqia friend alistair i said group okay but also, I mean, you're that's true <laughs> um but i you do know how i feel about that fiance is not my friend my fiance is not do, my friend i do agree with you that i feel like if you wanted ella to have other friends that's great but we don't get any development of these characters or where they At come all. from. Like, if you're going to put characters in, give them a backstory. Jones don't be like, I agree with you. Just because they're trans, they're all the sudden friends. Like, that's just one part of you. Exactly. So, also, how did they get invited to the party that was, like, specifically for their school? I was like, yeah, like, why are you here in this tent? Like, do you even go to the same school as Elle? Why are you here? No, they actually do explain that a little bit. Tell asks Elle why she invited them. He's like, you invited, you invited them. And she goes, yeah, they're my friends. And then he's like kind of bummed because they had just been on the date. And I think he was hoping that like she would go back to like their friend group. I will say, I agree with you guys both about the, the art school people. I hope that maybe if she is going in season three, that maybe we get a little bit more development than them. If like, if you're going to have these characters, at least give us a reason. But I do think that it makes a little more sense to me just with the way Higgins and Truham are supposed to be, or Higgs and Truham, that this group of people would all be together because it seems like the school as a whole is very homophobic. So I don't know if maybe it's also partly because like, because like you can tell like Tara and Darcy kind of become friends with Nick, really just because Nick doesn't have anyone else that gets what he's going through. Yeah. And I feel like in high school, you are a lot of times bonded by people for very specific reasons because you haven't really gone out and found your home, your own tribe. And like, I could see where like, especially Dart, you know, Darcy's home life is not good. Her mom's like not accepting. I could see like all of them wanting people that are very accepting, especially after seeing what happened to Charlie. Like, yeah wanting to be around people that are just going to accept this because it sounds like Harry kind of runs that school and like they're all like really really horrible 
I think, but like their friend group makes sense. Like it, it, it just feels normal, and like they would all just like meld together because like, they ha- they all have like other interests that align. It feels like with these group, like these these two friends that L make, it's just because they're in the LGBT whatever. Like they, like they're all in that group. Like I feel like it's like it's only that, and I think it's because we don't know enough about them. So all we know is that like they're trans i'm like that's not enough for me like the friendship just seems very shallow but the show tries to push it as if like friends forever instagram blah blah blah. i'm like this feels very like like a very like hollow friendship and like you only are talking to each other because you're all trans and i don't like that it sends the wrong message to me personally because like i've i've met other people like, like other gay men who i cannot stand but like on the outside looking in, like if there's a bunch of straight people, they would all think, oh, well, you, you guys are all gay. You all must like each other. I'm like, no. And so like, I wish there was like more of that. Like maybe like Elle came across someone who was trans, but was like a complete asshole. And like, they didn't get along or like, you know, like they were both going for the same spot, you know, in the school and like they butted heads. Like I, I just wanted a little bit more of that, if that makes sense. To be fair, they are also like art students as well because they were there. So that is kind of something they have in common. And then, I mean, they are like high school. I feel like high school kids now, but they are all like, oh my God, this is my best friend. Let's become, we're best friends forever. Let's go on Instagram. Like, yeah, can't relate. <laughs> they, they are like, <laughs> that's true. So you need them to be on Instagram for, for Tao to know and to be jealous. Like, so there's right, right, right. And I do agree with you that I think the group core group makes a lot of sense, but I know we had just talked off the pot about how like, there's like not a lot of like straight people in their group. And so I was just kind of coming on that, that I think it kind of, kind of makes sense that like for the group, and I think it's good, you know, representation. And I think they do all have like similar interests. Um, well, some of them do like different interests within the group, like Charlie and, you know, Nick do rugby and, you know, um, like Tara and Darcy, like are were planning like the prom and like Sahar Sabar was helping with them and like other and Isaac kind of gets into that and so I do think it's like it's like a good group outside of that. Um, mm-hmm. But I just was also saying that I think that you know that can help in high school when you're having such a very different experience from all the other kids. Like that can help like a bond. Don't forget yeah. about band and milkshakes. They do all. I mean, what three of them do band, and everybody loves milkshakes. So that's true. Like, I I want more background with Charlie and his music. Like, I want more scenes of like him like getting involved with like maybe like I don't know a rock group or like I don't know. I want season three like of Charlie's like branching out to things beyond his relationship and his friendships. Like, I want Charlie to do things on his own. And like, I wish I want, like, I want more characters to do stuff like that. Like the stuff with Darcy and her mom, it's Darcy, correct? Yes. The stuff with Darcy and her mom, I was like, I was like, oh shit, like that hit, that hit. I'm like, oh, I want more of this. Like, this is great. And like, I feel like the show like just touches on these things ever so slightly, but like it, it tries to keep that, that feeling and that theme of being like a, you know, a go-to show, you know, a very therapeutic show. And like, it's not trying to like, hit you with like some of the more um harder darker aspects of being you know gay bi trans and like i kind of want after after two seasons of like the lovey-dovey feel good stuff i kind of want some of the more in-depth um you know more deep end aspects of being a part of this community because i think that's also important because like as someone who who can who consumes a lot of like gay media um it it's always either one or the other. It's either like very heavy, your parents hate you, they kick you out and you're on the streets or it's like la-di-da, everything's happy, nothing ever happens that's wrong in your relationship. 
and the show has a good balance sometimes but like I, I kind of want it to go a little bit more into like the darker parts no I agree and I think season one is even a little lighter to me in some aspects than season two like I think season uh-huh. two gets into like makes it a little bit more complicated in some ways I mean Ben's characters are very dark much darker in season one but I think like we start getting into like more layered complexities within the characters in season two which makes me think that every season will just kind of do that a little bit more okay. um, which I think is good it's like easing us kind of into it a little bit but i get what you're saying and i think that there is like other things that we do definitely need to like explore and like figure out another thing that i thought was interesting is like it seems like the school which is very very in some ways especially with like harry in the group at least from like what we see outside the friend group has a lot of hate for the lgbtqia community no one seems to question tau and l's relationship at all none at all which i think is so weird odd to me no, I agree with that. I was just going to say, though, really quick, um, don't want to do spoilers, but some things do get digged in deeper next, probably will be next season if they do follow the book. So, okay. Alistair, you will be excited by that. Um, as for Tao and Elle's relationship, I do agree with that. But I mean, I guess we're also like, they don't really talk about it. So it's like, maybe it just maybe we're not seeing the full like side of it, possibly. So and i want to yeah. disclaimer and say that i don't think anyone should have a problem with their relationship like that's no. not what i'm saying i'm just saying that it just seems like for a sh- a, 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 a group like a school where it seems like like nick and charlie's like um instagram is so desi- divisive then they're at prom and it seems like no one's really saying anything about um tau and l and like tau hasn't you know like tau and l really never like disclose like it doesn't seem like we see any like are they gonna come out about their relationship or like is that gonna cause anything i also would like to give isaac some love yes oh my god okay isaac this season is great like i think it's 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 almost a better character arc than like i feel like season one really fumbled nick's bisexuality in a in a way like i feel like it was like for me personally it was very like clumsily handled um but with isaac's asexuality it just like as someone who like who's like not in that world who doesn't really get it who doesn't understand asexuality it made me get it so much and i'm just like i i kind of thought they were giving him a boyfriend this season and then to have that like that right turn when i when i thought it was going left was so great and like the the way he like finds himself with this book and figuring out oh this is who i think i am it was so powerful and like i want more of him and like that blow up when, with with him and his friends and they were like not everyone has to kiss and like you guys are only interested right now because you think i have like a love interest and like like what about me as a person i was like damn i didn't even think about it that way and like it was it was so well written it was like very well acted and like i want more of that with isaac and like i want more interactions of charlie with isaac and l in general because like you're right like going back to l for a minute like you would think that like charlie and l with like would have like this like very like trauma bonded experience like like a, a tighter friendship than he would with Tao, but they don't really explore that at all because like like Tao I mean like uh, L is trans and like like I feel like they have a closer understanding of each other Charlie and L than Charlie and Tao, but they don't go into it at all, which I think is a very weird and like a missed opportunity. So a few things: one, agree with the Isaac thing. I love the way that he did his his story. I do feel like so sometimes like his like the gay community sadly has not always been there for the trans community as we all know, which uh-huh. is not great. So that's a whole nother issue. But I get what you're saying. You would think that maybe because they were both bullied, they would have more of a connection. But 
we do know they were friends first. And then three, I know you talked a little bit about Nick's whole bisexuality. I will say the scene with the movie for Pirates of the Caribbean kind of hit home for me. Okay. Where you're watching like two leads in a movie and you're like, oh, I find them both okay, attractive. Like, what what is this? So that scene hit home for me personally. Okay. I feel like in season two, though, they kind of make it a running joke where like every time they someone finds out that Nick and Charlie are together, he goes, well, I'm bi actually. And like, I'm, I'm not sure if the show is like trying to like give bi representation or if they're making fun of it. Like, it, it feels very clumsy to me. I'm like, I'm like, I feel like you wouldn't have to say that. Like, I, I don't know. Feel like It's weird. Sorry. I feel like, honestly, the other way, I feel like as someone who's like, not a part of the community that like what I think is that everyone's assumption is like if someone a lot of people's assumption if you're not in the community is that you have to be that if you like mm. a guy and you're a guy then that means you're gay that like there's not like the bi and I think it was really just commenting on the bi erasure and the fact that like the assumption like even like David's side where we, where we comment when he's like well if you're gonna be gay just say you're gay True. and I think it was just the idea that like I think it's almost supposed to be like it's just exhausting for them that every time someone says that Nick has to go, I'm bi, actually, like, I'm not gay. Like, the assumption is because Charlie's gay and they're together that, like, Nick has to be gay. And I think it's just like, okay, like, not only do you now know this, but now I have to explain another thing to you. Is that like kind of how I took it? Um, okay. I mean, Ray might have another um, take on it, but that was the other thing. And then the other thing I just want to say about Isaac, I also just like also that, like, just showing that like as much as these characters all care about each other and love each other and are like really supportive of each other's relationship. It's interesting to see that they don't know how to be supportive of Isaac and just to show that like in the LGBTQIA community that there are different communities within it. And like, you are still learning and growing about everyone that we all are and everything. And I think it was interesting, like, you know, the fact that like the show is so love story heavy that like, how does someone like Isaac fit in? And like, if you're like that in high school, and even whether you're asexual or just a late bloomer or whatever, like how does that work when like all of your friends are dating and care about this so much, and that's just like not a part of your experience? Uh huh. One hundred percent. At the end of the, we're people. So, you know, we're not just our relationships. So it's like get to, like you said, get to know who you your friends are as people, and not just be like, oh, it's the whole thing as as a single person being like. Oh, when are you gonna have? Are you seeing someone? It's the thing that a lot of people who are in couples, the first thing they ask their single friends is like, "Oh, you're not asking me like how work's going, or are you taking new hobby?" It's instantly the relationship thing. As for the buy thing, I I agree. I feel like a lot of times, like there's the whole thing of, "Oh, really? You you're buy? Like you're not okay? Like you you'll get there? Like one of the way there? The buy community has been not gonna speak for a whole community, but." There is the whole thing of, oh, you're just unsure right now. And mm-hmm. that's a very, I feel like that historic, that historically is something that a lot of people feel. Like I said, I'm not going to try to make assumptions, but how bisexuals kind of get rated at times. And I like kind of that he's like, okay, no, I can be bisexual. Like I can like girls and boys. And even Ben even talks about that a little bit. Like I can like both too. Yeah. Yeah, and like I wasn't sure if Ben was aware if Nick was bi. Like I think he was just saying that like, well, I can't like both, not knowing that Nick is bisexual. And like I feel like that kind of like shut Nick up. He's like, well, fair, yeah, because like I like both too. Yeah, and like, oh, sorry, sorry, no, Um, go ahead. Okay, yeah, and like as someone who like kind of used the bi label to like do like a slow transition, I kind of understand what you mean um maddie by like the bi erasure 
because like as some like even though I've been with women, like it what it it was never the same as when I've been with men. And like as someone who like slowly used that label to transition, I one hundred percent understand how I like I added to that um stereotype. And like it really is unfair. I just think that like maybe the maybe the acting choices were probably the problem. Like I feel like maybe if like Nick just like looked more you know, tired of like having to explain himself, it would have come across more that way, but it just didn't translate like watching it. It kind of felt like at, at a certain point, like both him and Charlie would like say it at the same time. It was like, oh yeah, it's this thing. Yeah. Ha ha. Like, I just wish there was more like a, of a tiredness aspect to it. That like, oh, he has to constantly explain himself. That seems unfair. Oh, I could see that. And I think like, I think labels can change. And so I don't think it's like, wrong if you use one label because you don't know exactly how you're feeling and people are doing it. like i think that happens all the time and like i I don't and i you know i guess i don't know i'm not a part of the community so i can't say whether using a label is right or wrong but i think a lot of people are trying to figure out what they're doing i think the issue is more of just honestly on the part of like people that aren't in the any community assuming like just no one should be assuming anyone's labels like just mm-hmm. let someone tell you what they want what they would they would they prefer once again no. sexuality is a spectrum people are fluid live your best life that you can i will say there was actually like a really interesting episode of the reboot of will and grace about this where um grace's niece was dating a bisexual man and grace and will who you know are supposed to be kind of like that old school liberal are like no he Uh can't be bisexual that's not a thing and he like goes well how would you feel if someone told you that you being gay was a like face and mm. then you'll grow out in it. And it's very much the way he puts it is like, yeah, see, I I liked the way they kind of did that, to be honest. It's like, don't tell someone like, oh, this is a phase for you. Interesting. I, I want to watch this. Like, it's been popping up on, on my Hulu a lot and I kind of want to watch it. But I want to watch Old Will and Grace first before I start it. So, well, then you you're going to be out of a while. Reason. I think yeah. there's like nine seasons. Oh, yeah. There's the a original lot. Show. But I also and I, I think going into like Charlie and Al being friends and like being stronger, which you know you'd brought up earlier. I think another thing with that is Charlie won't talk about it. like Charlie won't talk about his bullying. Mm. He won't talk about what happened to him. And it seems like Al's a maybe I don't know. We don't see Al talk about it either, but it doesn't seem like people think Al's hiding it as much as Charlie, at least from what we see. So also part of it is like you can't really bond over something if someone's refusing to talk about it. True. Um, so I don't think anyone really has a true extent of how bad it was for Charlie. Like even Tao says he doesn't really know. And then, you know, Elle leaves the school. So like, I think she's a little bit more disconnected mm. from like the day to day. Um, but I do think that is something that could bring them together if Charlie's like willing to share. Yeah. And like, that was a revelation for me. Like when Tao revealed to Nick that um, he did, he, even he doesn't know the extent. I was like, what? Like, I, I thought he knew all about it. So like that added this other layer of Charlie to me where like, he's not even confiding in like his best friend and like the person he regards, you know, highly the most. And like that added like this extra layer of like mystery to Charlie to me that like, I'm really excited to like uncover and figure out what's really going on beneath. Cause like, I feel like there's like a lot more going on with Charlie than I originally thought. And like it kind of put into perspective to me a little bit more um, why he allows certain things with Nick to happen. Cause like maybe he's like so entrenched in his trauma that he's not even like aware that what he, what Nick is doing, he even views as wrong. Cause like he has like so much, um, so much self, self loathing for himself and like the cutting thing. Oh my God, that broke me. It's like, like as someone who never like 
cut himself but like was physically like harmful to to himself that like that hit i was like holy shit like this show is like going on another level like that's why i hope it goes more into that and hit on that stuff more because like we talked about earlier how like euphoria goes and like shows like that go too far but i feel like if this show if 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 um heartstopper does it right it's gonna do it right and like this is gonna be a kind of show that like can be like can go on for like generations and so like i hope it stays on this trajectory and like can really like tackle these topics with tack it's gonna be great Alistair, I feel like you're going to be very excited. Like, Maddie hasn't read Volume 4 yet either, but, like, you're going to be pretty happy with some of the things they do. I mean, they get maybe... I'm a little surprised by how far they go with some of the things, but I I, I think you'll be satisfied by it. Okay. And, like, and now that I'm, like, two seasons deep, I don't think I even want to read the graphic novels at this point. Like, I want to be surprised and, like, like, be with the characters how I've gotten to know them with these actors. And, like, I don't want to, like, see anything from the graphic novel. So I hope my algorithm, because we're doing this podcast now, we're going to be, like, promoting it and stuff. I hope that my algorithm doesn't, like, spoil this for me. Because it happened with Game of Thrones where, like, um, because, like, like, I got into Game of Thrones late. And, like, like, everything about Game of Thrones just started showing up in my feed. I'm like, no, I know all this stuff now. So, like, I hope that doesn't happen. We can't go into Game of Thrones. I have too many feelings about that, and we'll get. We really have dramatic. to do it. Ep- I was gonna bring this up. We have to do an episode on Game of Thrones at we, some point. Cause... We can do another episode, but I was I was giving Ray the the cut it because I could just tell she was about to spend another <laughs> about Game of Thrones, and we just don't have that. And this deserves its own episode here. Art Stopper. It does. It does. I, I agree. Like I think that they can do it really well. And I just actually just back to something you said earlier about Nick not really caring about Charlie. I felt like in that scene, as someone that has never had that experience of cutting themselves but has known people and had people in their lives that did the Mm -hmm. desperation in nick's voice and i felt like the actor does a great job of this of how desperately scared he looks at the fact of wanting to know if charlie not wanting to make charlie feel bad about it or feel like a burden but also wanting to make sure he's not currently doing it and then just the fact that he just wants him to promise to tell him if he's ever gonna get it bad again and then charlie's like no i don't want to burden her then he's just like please just promise me like I, I mean, you're not a fragile mess like i won't i won't i won't think you're a burden but like please just tell me like can you promise mm-hmm. me and I just like because i've been there when someone tells you and you're just like you're constantly wondering and you don't want to and you don't know what to do and like you don't know if it's best to get an adult involved or if that will make it worse because they'll just hide it more you don't really know what to do and the fact that like i just feel like you can see that nick loves him so much there and is just so but he's 16 and he doesn't know what to do yeah and i that was the scene for me and like it was at the very end so like it was like last minute but that was the scene for me that like kind of saved nick as a character for me because like for the first time for me i i saw the love and the care that i feel i have for charlie as a character that nick had for charlie in the show and like it let me know okay like i was like okay maybe nick isn't all bad like he clearly cares about him he wants to be with him and I can kind of forgive all that other stuff. And like, we talked about this before, uh, but like part of the reason why I have so much, so much of a problem with Nick is like Nick's experience kind of mirrors my experience with my partner when he wasn't out. So I carry, and like, I'm not gonna lie, I have a lot of biases that I carry of that to Nick. Cause like I lived exactly what Charlie and Nick is going through. I was like, ugh, like, I'm I'm like girl run like don't do this you don't need to be there um so like I know I carry a lot of that with me but like seeing him in that moment just like really just like break almost break down like 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 you would think that like this was Nick's trauma 
it was great. And I was like, okay, he's not that bad. He he can be redeemed. If if Ben can get redeemed, so can Nick. I'll give him that. I'm not going to be a complete bitch about it. Getting deep at the very end. I, I like. I don't know what that's about, but uh, let's wrap up some final thoughts because we've been rambling a lot. And we I have not been rambling. We, we have been we have been giving some very in depth thoughts, and I think our listeners are going to love it. I mean, I'm not saying they're not going to love it, but we got to get some final thoughts on if we're saying yay or nay to Heartstopper. I'm saying yay. I loved it. Love the characters. Love the actors. Love Charlie's hair. Love. I love it. And I love the scene where they go get milkshakes because as someone who loves a good milkshake and who made themselves a milkshake to watch season two, loved it. I will also say yay. Um, I feel as someone that doesn't, um, that hasn't never had to come out, I think it should be required for people that don't have to to see this. And mm. not saying that anyone should ever have to come out, but people that don't, that already, people already assume their correct, you know, pronouns, their correct um, sexual orientation, or at least their experiences so far haven't ever differed from that. I think it's it's important because you don't even know what you don't know. And so you don't even think about how little things or little comments or just even minor assumptions, even like the assumption they make about Isaac, like can affect someone. And so I think it's just really helpful to see. And it's also just a great show. The characters are great. It's well-written. It's, it's wholesome in some ways. It makes you feel good, but it also makes you dig deep into topics. I mean, I would definitely recommend this anybody. Yeah, I'm also going to say yay. I'm going to give it a big old thumb, two thumbs up. Uh, please watch both seasons if you haven't seen it. Um, even though I think um, I, I have my issues with season two, it's still a really great season of television. It, it, it builds off the characters from season one in like such a huge way. It's still an emotional watch. Like the prom episode was like, oh, like... It was it was like a tearjerker, but like in like the best way possible. Like it's like a happy cry that you almost get most of the time. Um, so yes, please watch the show. It's it's great, and like I can't wait to see what they build off on in seasons three, four, and hopefully five. I don't know how long this this can go, but I'm so excited to see more. I guess as we're viewers, all I can say is go watch Heartstoppers and don't make assumptions about people and be accepting. And Nick is trash for now. Um, and then also a PS um, that doesn't relate to this, even though you should definitely listen and if and watch it. And if there's going to be a season three, we'll definitely do an app um, when that comes out. Um, uh, Ray had a comment about um, that she wanted to tell Alistair on the pod. I'm kind of going into intro about Jared Padalecki versus Jensen Ackles. Oh, God. This is really off topic, viewers, but my mother, who I love very much... Uh, listened to one of our earlier episodes and told me that she agrees with Alistair that Jared Padalecki is the more attractive of the two and it was like a dagger that went through my heart. I felt like maybe how Caesar felt when all his friends (laughs) stabbed him. Not Brutus. (laughs) Listen, shout shout out to your moms. Common sense wins the day. I'm here for it. I will say that uh, my my husband agreed with us, so it is still it is still three two. Um, just if we're, we're doing the running on that, but I will say the fact that you got Ray's mom, who she's incredibly close with. I mean, that one has to hurt. Um, I don't know if it hurts as much as twenty three people stab twenty three stab wounds. Um, mm. but I mean, I guess I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't um decide someone else's pain. Listen, the if you agree with, 
If you agree with Alistair that Jared Padalecki is harder than Jensen Ackles, email me at keepitforthepod at gmail.com and say, I agree with you, Alistair. Or, you know, maybe they should get their eyes checked and after that, email me, Ray, and say, Jensen Ackles is hotter. If, yes, if, if you are that rare animal that exists and you think that Jensen Ackles is harder, please feel free to email Ray. Go I ahead. I want a disclaimer and say that both of those actors are phenomenal. We love both of you and we think you're both very hot. It's it's just like a, you know, it's just yes. a preference thing. But I will say that you, we're going to have a poll. We're going to drop a poll on this episode. Um, So please fill out the poll when you listen. Um. And also, um, if you have any like really intense feelings that you want to share, either email us on keep it the pot, keep it for the pot at gmail.com and any recs. Um, but also, um, our Instagram should be up by the time this episode's out. So look yes. for us at keep it for the pot. Stay safe and peace. Thank you guys so much for listening. Till next time. Later. Thank you for listening. If you have any ideas for movies, TV shows, or topics we should talk about, email. Keep it for the pod at gmail.com and please subscribe. Stay original and stay safe.